Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. His faithful Indian companion, Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. Major Davis was the commandant of Fort Casper in the heart of Indian country. His knowledge of the Indians, coupled with his courage and energy, kept the savage Apaches under control. The Major was in the thick of every skirmish until a bullet brought him down, critically wounded. For weeks he lay in bed attended by his daughter Ellen and the army surgeon, Dr. Parrish. And then came the most crucial day of the Major's career, the day when bandages were to be taken from his eyes. Dr. Parrish met the 21-year-old Ellen outside the bedroom door. Ellen, this is the day I've dreaded. What are Father's chances, Dr. Parrish? Physically, he'll be as good as new. His strength will return very quickly when he's out of bed and moving about. But as for his eyes... Doctor, you... You think he'll be blind? We'll know when I remove the bandage. Shall we go in? Very well. Doc, you'll lead. 
Oh, take it easy, you old war horse. I declare, Dad, you're getting to be the most impatient Mark, man. you promise you'll take the bandage off my eyes today? I'm going to measure. Now hold still. Fine thing. After all these years in the army, I've got to take orders from the sawbones. Keep your eyes closed. Stop fumbling around. I'm simply unwinding this bandage. Your eyes closed? Yes, yes, my eyes are closed. Yeah. Now open them. Yeah. Doug. I don't see anything. Oh, no. Do you get any sensation of light? No. Not a thing. Confound you, Paris, you blundering butcher. What have you done to me? Oh, Dad. Dad, Dr. Parrish did everything he could. He saved your life. Yes, he... yes, I guess he did. Where are you, Doc? Right here. Give it to me straight, Doc. Is this condition... Is it permanent? When I saw the nature of your wound, I suspected something like this. Can anything be done? I'd never say a case is hopeless. Miracles have happened. Nothing short of a miracle can restore my sight. Nothing known to medical science at the present time. It's, it's pretty hard to take. Particularly since I know that if you can't help me, no one can. Dad, you're a soldier. You can't let this get you down. No, I'm all right, Ellen. But I wonder what's going to happen now. I'll stay with you always, Dad. You'll see through my eyes. No, I'm, I'm not thinking of myself. I'm thinking of this post in the Apaches. Captain Fall has been in charge while you were ill. Captain Fall. He can continue in command. Captain Fall has been successful because he hasn't dared deviate from the line of action I laid down. But if he is placed in permanent command of this post, he'll institute his own ideas. He'll be outwitted by those cunning Apaches. This post will be overrun. Suppose I send for him. You can talk it over. No, no, just wait a minute, Doc. Does anyone know about my... my blindness? No one but the three of us. Your daughter, you and me. Keep it that way. But, sir, how long do I you expect... I don't know how long. I do know that Captain Fall must not be given full command of this post at the present time. After Running Wolf has been defeated, Fall may be able to handle the job. But he has a lot to learn. Running Wolf is a foxy Indian. Captain Fall is young. He wants a showdown. He'd like to go after Running Wolf and force a battle. You consider that a bad move? Of course. Running Wolf would let our men pursue him until they were away from the fort. Then he'd circle back and attack the fort while most of the men were out looking for him. I see. If those Apaches ever wiped out this post, they'd go on from here and sweep the district clear of every settler, every pioneer, everyone but Indians. But, Dad, can't you make Captain Fall understand that? Fall is an idealist. He believes there's more glory in fighting than in watching and waiting. 
And he can't believe that Indians could outrun soldiers to avoid a battle. How about it, Doc? You'll keep the secret. I don't know how long it'll be possible. I'll stay here in my room. You can explain that I'm convalescing slowly. I'll stay in command and Fall won't dare take any step contrary to my orders. Very well, Major. Perhaps we can keep the secret for a week or two. Thank you, Doc. That will give me time to send in a report and get the right man to deal with running wolves. During the days that followed, Dr. Parrish issued daily bulletins on the Commandant's condition, but said nothing about the Major's loss of his eyesight. It was a week later when the Lone Ranger brought his great horse, Silver, to a halt many miles west of Fort Casper. Oh, Silver. Oh, easy. Steady, big fellow. The masked man was beside huge sheltering rocks where he had arranged to meet his faithful Indian companion, Toto. He could hear the distant drums of Indians. Those drums sound like trouble, Silver. Maybe Toto will have news for us. The drums subsided at sunset. And then the sound of familiar hoofbeats reached the masked man. He peered out from behind the rocks and saw Toto riding hard. That's right, Silver. It's Toto. Oscar, oh, Oscar, Oh, Kimasabi. Hey, Toto. What did you learn? Oh, he ride plenty hard. Bring plenty news. I heard war drums. That's right. Over that way, many Indian encamp, and more Indian come. I thought those drums were sounding a call. There are Apaches? Isn't that right? Running wolf there. Him got a hundred Indians. Running wolf, huh? That main camp of running wolf. It's generally supposed that running wolf and the Apaches are near Fort Casper. It's a long ways from here. Running wolf not there. Him sent small band of 20 Indians to Fort Casper. Why? Well, them act as decoy. Them try to make soldier leave Fort Casper. Make soldier chase them. I see. So that's the strategy Running Wolf is counting on. Steady there, Silver. Got to tighten this cinch. Running Wolf is hoping the soldiers will leave the fort to pursue a small band of Apaches. Then when the fort is practically deserted, the main body of Apaches will attack. That's right. It's going to take some time to reach Fort Casper. The sooner we get started, the better. We travel all night? All night and all day tomorrow. We'll rest only when the horses need it. Are you ready, Toto? Uh-huh. Be ready. Steady, easy, big fellow. One, Silver! In the meantime, Captain Fall approached the quarters of the Major with a firm decision to confirm suspicions that had been growing in his mind for the past week. Yes? Oh, it's Captain Fall. Miss Ellen, I must see your father at once. But, but the doctor is with him, I... Yes, yes, I know. You or the doctor or both of you are always with him. If you have a message for the Major, I'll deliver it to him. Doctor, I must deliver this message in person and receive an immediate answer. If you'll tell us the nature of the message, we'll... A courier brought it from Flat Rock. Captain Fall, my father is ill. He can't... I'm sorry, Miss Ellen. But I must insist on speaking to the Major personally. The welfare of this post depends on it. What's that? What's that about the welfare of the post? May I go into his room? Very well, Captain. Oh, Ellen! Who's out there? Just a minute, Dad. The shades are drawn in the Major's room. We want him to rest and sleep as much as possible. Very well. And please, Captain, be brief. Mm. Well, Major, it's good to see you, sir. How are things, Captain? 
They could be improved, sir, if we could have more direct dealing with you. Captain, you said that you had a message for the Major. What is the message? Oh, it's from Colonel Osborne. He suggests you send a platoon on a scouting expedition to meet the men he has scouting on a flat rock. He wants both detachments to meet in Red Canyon and compare notes. Here's the message, sir. Message? Oh, it's too dark to read in this room. We can open the shade and let some light through the window. But I... I'll attend to it. Captain Fall, the doctor wants this room kept in semi-darkness. We'll open the shade only long enough for the Major to read the dispatch. There now, Major. Can you see the message? <clears throat> sure, uh, Osborne wants me to send a detail to Red Canyon. Uh, well, I dare say it's a good idea. We can't spare many troopers, but That's I... enough, Major. You needn't try to carry on the bluff. What? What's that, sir? You're looking at a blank sheet of paper. Captain Fall! I suspected something like this when you refused to talk to anyone in a lighted room. Major Davis, you're blind. But Captain Fall, I do... Now, believe. see here, I'll attend to this. Captain Fall, your conduct is insolent. I'll have you Call know, me sir. insolent if you wish, but you're going to listen to me. You're trying to conceal the fact that you're blind. You no longer have any right to serve as commandant of this fort. As the next in line, I should be in command. Captain it's Paul. the truth and you know it. It's time you and your old-fashioned ideas of combating the Indian stepped aside. Now, Captain, you I You keep won't... out of this, Doctor. I'm going to report you for your part in this conspiracy. It's high time we went after those Indians and had a showdown fight. This outdated waiting game of yours... That will no... do. I'll hear no more from you, Captain Fall. I'm retaining command of this garrison simply because of your newfangled theories of a decisive engagement. You're not capable of matching wits with Running Wolf. I will admit I'm having trouble with my eyes, but until I know that the condition is permanent... Wait, I... you're trying to make me believe it is not permanent? Well, we'll see about that. We'll have another doctor here to examine you. What's that? Gunfire! What? What's going on out there? Have the men call to arms. I'll be right there. Captain Fall, listen. You heard what the sergeant said. An Indian has fired at a guard, and I'm assuming command. My orders, Never Captain... mind your orders. I'm giving the orders now. I'll deal with the Redskins my way. Oh, Dad. That confounded, stupid, blundering young fool. Running wolf will lead him right into a trap. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. to continue. The Major listened while his daughter and the doctor stood beside his bed. 
He heard the turmoil outside and the call to arms. I tell you, Doc, it's one of those Indian tricks. Captain Fall will run into it. Who is Doc, what's the trouble? I came to see you, Major Davis. Who's that? He's masked. It's a masked man. He's in the doorway. I'll come in. Who are you, sir? What are you doing here? How did you get past the guard wearing a mask? I had help from an Indian. An Indian? Yes, a friendly one. He fired into the air, then rode away. I managed to slip in during the confusion. I came to warn you, sir, that Running Wolf is preparing to attack. Major, this man wears a mask and has two guns tied low. He... Well, he looks to me like an outlaw, a professional gunsmith. I can only judge him by his voice. I'm satisfied with his sincerity. Thank you, sir. Running Wolf hopes your troopers will try to engage the Indians in the north. That's precisely what Captain Fall wants to do. The soldiers will be lured away from here. While they're gone, Running Wolf will attack. If Captain Fall could be made to understand... Major Davis, you'll be relieved of your command as soon as Captain Fall can contact Washington. Yes, I dare say you're right. Then Captain Fall will be in charge. I had hoped to conquer Running Wolf in some way before I retire. Uh, perhaps you can. What do you mean, sir? Let me outline a plan. Perhaps we can conquer Running Wolf in spite of Captain Fall. Right ahead, sir. Talk. The Lone Ranger discussed his plan with Major Davis, then left the fort and rode to camp where Tonto was waiting. Oh, Silver Ho, easy, steady, big fella. You had no trouble escaping from the troopers? No, no trouble. It plenty easy to keep out of sight in hills. Tonto, I want you to go to the top of Red Mountain. Watch for Running Wolf. When he and the army of Indians start to move, send up a column of smoke. Ah, and where you go? Inside the fort with Major Davis. The Major's going to give Captain Fall command tomorrow morning. Soon after that, the troopers will leave the fort. Then I'll ride in and join the Major. It was the following morning when Major Davis acted on the plan of the Lone Ranger by sending for Captain Fall. The two were alone. Well, Captain, did your men capture the Indian who fired on the guard? No, sir. It's a simple matter for one Indian to hide his tracks. And you think you'd have no trouble running down a band of Indians? That's entirely different. Major, you may as well know it. I've sent a dispatch to Washington. I felt it my duty to report your condition. In due time, you'll be relieved of your command. Then you will go after the Indians in the north. Yes, sir. Our skirmish will be short and decisive. If the Redskins in the north are decoys, we'll conquer them and get back before a second group can attack. Very well, Captain. Take over. What? I said take over. Here. This order places you in full command until further notice. Yes, sir. But remember, I can recall that order and take command at any time until permanent orders come from Washington. Yes, sir. Now then, how soon do you plan to put your strategy into effect? Right away, sir. We shall ride to meet the Indians this morning. Captain Paul lost no time. The bugle sounded and 50 troopers with their horses were assembled. The stockade gates were opened wide. Cashman! Hands shut! What? Oh! Oh! After he heard the troopers ride out of the fort, leaving only a few men to serve as guards, Major Davis waited for some time in his world of darkness. Then he called his daughter to his side. Helen, I, I hope I haven't made a mistake. Oh, 
Captain Fall was determined to go after those Apaches. It would have been his first move after orders came from Washington installing him as the commandant of the fort. Best you could only have postponed his action for a week or ten days. That masked man said he'd be here. He will be. You're confident of that, aren't you, Ellen? Yes, I am, Dad. And you'd better be ready for him. Ready? Here, if you're going to ride into action, you, you'll want to wear your sword. Get in. Open the door. You can't go in there, I tell you. Walk ahead of me, soldier. It's the masked man. He's captured the guard. Keep going. Major Davis, sir, I couldn't help it. He sneaked up from behind and got the drop on me. It's all right, Loomis. The masked man is here at my invitation. What's that? You're dismissed. You, you sure it's all right, sir? You heard me. Close the door behind you. Yes, sir. Thanks, Major Davis. I saw Captain Fall leading the men out of the fort. Now, you and I are riding. I hope I can guide my horse. You'll not need to, sir. The horse you're going to ride will need no guiding. I'm ready. Oh, Dad, good luck to you. Ellen, this plan involves a great deal of risk. If we fail, the Indians will overrun the fort. You? Don't worry about me, Father. I... The Indians won't get me alive. Outside his quarters, Major Davis was guided by the masked man to the stable where he ordered his horse to be saddled. Major, my horse will follow me wherever I ride. I'll take your horse and you ride Silver. Silver? I've heard of a horse called Silver. Hold the reins, but don't try to guide him. He'll stay close to me. Now, sir, let me give you a hand up. Stop. Steady there, Silver. It's all right, big fellow. There. I guess I'm ready, sir. A moment later, the two men left the fort and headed north in the direction Captain Fall had taken with the troopers. Meanwhile, a scout had brought word to Running Wolf, and the foxy leader started the advance from the west with a hundred savages. Captain Fall was beginning to have doubts about the wisdom of his mission. He pressed on stubbornly, leading 50 troopers, but he became increasingly convinced that the Indians had no intention of matching bows and arrows against army rifles in a decisive battle. The aide riding at the captain's side had narrowly escaped being hit by an arrow. Doggone critters. They'd only show themselves so we could get a shot. We're still following Indian tracks. Yeah, but they're getting fewer all the time. Those redskin critters are dropping off one at a time to snipe at us manbush. Now, look here, Captain. We're getting a long way from the fort, and we're not accomplishing anything. Do you suggest we return and let the Major laugh at us? Well, we'll run down every last one of those redskins if it takes a week. The men in the column have spotted something. Hey, Captain, look behind us. What? Two horsemen, one in uniform. Riding down here, lickety-cut it. Hey, that's a Major. A Major? Yeah, on that white horse, you see him, that's his style of riding. But how can he ride like that? How? Pass the word to halt! Ho, 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 there, ho, ho. The man riding just ahead of the Major's wearing a mask. A mask? Great day. Where'd the Major get that white horse? Look at that critter stride. But who's the mask man? You said the Major couldn't see. Whoa, 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 whoa. easy, steady. Here we are, Major. Captain Fall. Major, I, I, I can't... your questions until later. I'm resuming command. But, but, sir... Look to the west. You'll see a column of smoke. 
Can you see it, sir? It's a signal. It means Running Wolf is riding to attack the fort. Now, order the men to ride about and return as fast as possible. Them's the best words I ever heard. But, Major, this mask, Captain, man... I gave you an order. Ye- yes, sir. Pass the word to ride about! From west of the fort, a hundred wild Apaches on the warpath dashed forward on their painted ponies. Running Wolf himself was in the lead. When they came within sight of the fort, they broke into shrill, piercing yells. Running Wolf had given orders wisely. Some of the Indians stood poised with bows and arrows to shoot anyone who appeared at any porthole. Others moved in close to the high stockade and prepared to scale the wall to get inside and open the big gates for the others. Ellen and the doctor knew the time was measured in minutes. They get in here, Ellen. I know. Put that rod down, one of them. How many men are here? Less than a dozen. I want to go outside. No, no. Stay here in your father's quarters. At least I can look out the window. I, Doctor, two of our men have already been shot. There's an Indian at the top of the stockade right now. And there's another. Two more over there. Someone's firing from outside. That's a bugle. It's our men. They've returned. Running Wolf and his men found themselves attacked from the north by men in uniform. Army rifles barked with deadly accuracy at a range far greater than Indian arrows could reach. Firearms discounted the greater number of the Indians. The savages sent arrows at the troopers as fast as they could, but a hundred bows and arrows were no match for half as many rifles in the hands of charging soldiers. When the Indians ran out of arrows, they turned and tried to flee. Then the voice of Major Davis rose above all other sounds. Go after him, boys! Wipe them out for all time! The Indian retreat became a rout. Running Wolf was killed and many others. The survivors were captured and brought back to the fort as prisoners. The victory was celebrated at dinner that evening when the officers and Ellen joined the men. When the meal was over, Major Davis rose to his feet. Gentlemen, I wish to announce that from now on, Captain Fall will be in command of this post. I welcome the opportunity to retire to my farm in Ohio. I give you, Captain Fall, fully confident that he will prove a capable commandant. Well, uh, Major... In assuming this command, I want you and all these men to know that in the defeat of Running Wolf, I've learned a lesson. If it hadn't been for you, sir, we would have been wiped out. I say this before all these men here. You've taught me the wisdom of listening to counsel and the folly of acting impulsively. You you may have learned a lesson, Captain, but it wasn't I who taught it. It was a mass man who came to me with a suggestion. You see, I, too, uh, listen to good counsel. That mask man, sir, he rode away during the engagement before we could learn his identity. Who was he? That mask man was the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created and produced by George W. Trendle and directed by Charles D. Livingston. Tonight's story was written by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Thank you.